We've got uh, three AL West fans in the house. Uh, two of them are Angel fans. One of them is a Texas Rangers fan. But we're all fans of baseball, and we're all fans of each other, I would say. I would say Yes, so. we are. <laughs> yeah, sure. you've, got, you've got the Frisch brothers here, the Super Halo Bros, Mike and John Frisch. We've got Bryce Paderick from Locked On Rangers. And we're here to talk a little bit about each of our teams. And so I think it would be a good idea, if, if you wouldn't mind, Bryce, we'd love to uh, ask you a, a couple of questions about the Rangers, just from an Angel fan perspective, what we should know about this season. So, uh, Mike, why don't you fire away with the first question for Mr. Bryce Patrick there? All right, Bryce. So here's the angel problem that we have as fans. We get our hopes up at the end of the year, and then in spring training, we think we're going to win the World Series, and then they let us (laughs) down at about June or July. So my question to you is, what's the rhythm for Ranger fans? Because they haven't been too successful. We've kind of been in the same box, playing in the same playground for a while. So what's the Ranger fan um, terrible rhythm, or is there a terrible rhythm for Ranger fans? Really, uh, lately, it, I think it's, it feels a little different this year, which I'm sure just hearing those words for Angels fans, like, oh, no, oh, no, panic is setting in. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't have hope. The Rangers, uh, for the last few years, actually, since really since I started hosting this podcast back in the start of 2019, they've been mostly kind of bad. My fandom really started in earnest, like, in 2010. just kind of a happy coincidence. I just decided to get into baseball that year, and it was a good year to be a Texas Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so I thought, you know, it's always going to be A couple great. good years there. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good, very heartbreaking ending, but I still stuck on. And, you know, this year, I don't know, for the most part, the last few years, it's been like, yep, yeah, this is going to suck. It's going to hurt the whole time. And, um, but I'm going to enjoy watching it. And then I'm going to be sad when it's over. For, for now, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm like very extreme cautious optimism, like extreme cautious optimism, because mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of, you know, flags and balls in the air and, and things like that. But like, I don't know. This should be a fun season. And like, I, my expectations aren't like, Oh my gosh, the Rangers are going to go win the world series or anything. But just like this team isn't going to suck. I think I'm really hoping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless things go really wrong. And you know what? I will take like good competitive baseball team. And like, I'm noticing something about myself, this, this, uh, this off season of like fighting with people, like people aren't respecting the Rangers enough. Like people don't think this team's good enough. And like, for the most part of my show, it's been like, people are disrespecting the Rangers and they're right to, cause my team sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of fun to have that little people don't, ex- don't respect my team. And I think they're actually going to be good. Like, it's kind of fun to just like have that kind of optimism again. Yeah, that that feels very familiar to us as well. Like, hey, we know what we got, and you just wait and see. <laughs> in the, in the yep. last, we did an all AOS crossover. I think it was right before y'all joined the network. Uh, we didn't have anybody. Talk, I think Sully was was our token uh, Angels stand. Oh, that's not and good. We, yeah, no, we all just kind of trashed on the Angels, and then for the first, like, we're like, oh, the Angels. Uh, yeah, they have some hopes. And for the first month, we're like. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Should we have not done that? And then, like later, I'm like, no, no, no! We were right. We know the patterns with this team. We know. Yes. We know how the AL West works. Right. Um, it was a little different last year with the Mariners actually doing something, and uh, right. now they they got some real big heads on their shoulders for some reason. Um, but, you know. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> oh, I noticed. Oh, I They're noticed. so I fun have, on Twitter. <laughs> they are very fun. I, I, I officially have have beef with with the Mariners. Just a, a fun, friendly beef. But you know, it's like it. It was one year in what 25 that y'all made the playoffs right and yeah you won yeah. one three game series like just just calm down a little bit just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> hey I've, I've been thinking about the rangers offense uh over the offseason and i mean i know you've guys got Corey seager and marcus Semyon. 
I, I really like Adolis Garcia, uh, yes. but I also feel like I don't know enough about who I should be afraid of when they come to the plate, especially against the Angels. So what can you mm. say regarding the Rangers offense? Because we know the pitching is totally revamped this season. We'll talk about that. Thank but the Lord. I'm interested in, in the <laughs> offense. How is that going to look for, for the Rangers? I think last year the offense took a huge, huge improvement. I mean, I mean, y'all know, being AOS fans, you know, the Rangers traditionally for basically their entire history, it's just like a bunch of big bats, sluggers, baby, for crap. And, <laughs> yeah, they're going to hit baby hit. And well, in 2020 and 2021, those were some of the most abysmal offensive teams mm. that I have ever seen. Um, mm. And last year, the offense to really took a step forward. I don't think people noticed as much because the starting pitching was so inconsistent. I mean, they mm. had Martin Perez who had that amazing year. They had John Gray who, when he was healthy, he was pretty good, but the rest of their starting pitching was like fine to pretty bad. Um, and it didn't really matter that the offense was much improved, but Nathaniel Lowe is a guy who like really deserves some recognition. I don't yeah. nationally, people don't realize how great a year he had last year. Yeah. He won the silver slugger at first base. Like that was wow. a huge, huge deal. He hit um, basically 380 for the entire second half. He had an OPS wow. near 1100 in the month of August, probably should have been AL player of the month over Alex Bregman, but still was like an absolute offensive force. And so the Rangers, I didn't love the trade when they traded for him. Because I thought, I'm like, they got Ronald Guzman. It'll be fine. Like, what are they doing? Because they traded a bunch of, like, low-level prospects, and he was the kind of guy who's like, you need a lot of players and a lot of, like, guys with those low-level lotto tickets to, like, maybe work out for you. And so it didn't make sense for me trading for him at the time. But credit to credit to the Rangers. They they proved me wrong. Lowe was fantastic. Jonah Heim was all-star level for the first mm-hmm. half. Um, and Josh Young, who is a guy, I went to Texas Tech, so he is my boy. I've seen him mm. since he was a freshman there. Nice. And he is finally healthy in a spring training. He had two different major injuries the last two spring trainings, one that took him out until June, one that took him out until the beginning of August last year. He is finally there. He's going to be the everyday third baseman, and I think he's going to make a big impact um, for this offense. So the offense is pretty darn good outside of the middle infield, who is fantastic. And I think the depth really doesn't get enough credit. I think Robbie Grossman, who's going to be probably hitting somewhere between seventh and eighth or ninth or whatever, he's like he's not sexy, but I think he's what this team needs. Just having Mm. somebody down there that can turn the lineup over, do good at bats, and get on base. Like I am, this is I am very quickly approaching. I'm too optimistic about my team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because I think we run into the same issue with the Angels in terms of. You know, oh, you guys didn't get any of the huge free agents. And it's like, well, we've got basically the top two players in the game. Yeah. And we Not need a support. You, you do. You we do. do. <laughs> top two by far. Yeah. Respect but we need to judge. But like- we, we need a supporting cast. And, and that's and, and a supporting cast is not always the big, sexy player. So yeah. we can definitely relate to you in, in that regard. Uh, Jonah, Jonah Heim uh, needs to change his name to Jonah Heim owns Anaheim or or that needs to be a slogan because he, he always seems to get the best of us yep yep and and I think Shohei as well like he like the two Rangers players who do well against Shohei just kind of randomly Taylor Hearn and yes Anaheim. I don't know what it is but those two <laughs> they got his players number. like that <laughs> you know what it is because Jonah Heim came over from the A's and the A's mm-hmm. always have players like always that. yeah yep. always <laughs> the A's. that's what it is it's, it's that residual A's magic so let's talk about the starting pitching, yeah. Bryce, because they uh, are very much improved. And having Jacob DeGrom on this team is really exciting, I'm sure, for Ranger fans. So 
Talk to us about how you're feeling about that. Are you nervous about injuries? And do you think that this starting pitching staff is going to be one of the best in Rangers history? I think it is. I think it's right up there. I mean, the depth is is really incredible. I mean, one through six, they have like six, I'd say seven legitimate guys who could be, you know, major league capable starters. Mm. DeGrom, he did have that setback with left side tightness when he came into camp, but actually just today, Wednesday, um, he threw his first live bullpen, touched 100 miles an hour, and just... I was gonna say, where, where's the where's the Defgrom meter these days? Uh, the that Def was so Grom, great. We're, we're at Def, <laughs> we're at Defgrom five, the lowest level of Def okay, Grom good preparedness. Um, feeling good. Um, should get in about three spring training starts. It seems like that's going to be the next deal. Um, Eovaldi is having also left side tightness. Also, uh, Rangers center fielder. Uh, Leody Tavares also had a left oblique injury. So it was like three left side tightnesses. What are these guys doing? (laughs) I don't know what the left side is going on with these guys, but, um, you know, Andrew Heaney has been very healthy. Uh, Martin Perez has been healthy. Gray had like a little bit of a setback, but he's healthy. And obviously there are big injury concerns with everybody, but I think that, I think that people really overthought the DeGrom injuries. I mean, he's got not a whole lot of wear and tear on his arm. He didn't start pitching until he was a junior in college, didn't mm. make his big league debut till he was 26. And really just the last two years have been the only years that he's been injured. But mm. meanwhile, everyone sees Carlos Rodon, who's been hurt all the time, mm. forever, mm-hmm. and has one. This is literally his first healthy season. Like, no yeah, shade yeah. to Rodon. I think he's great. And I would have liked him on the Rangers as well. But, like, none of those concerns are being put on anybody else. And same with Justin Verlander, who's 40 and right. missed all of two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, DeGrom missed parts of two years yeah. and is five years younger. And it's just, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I've been reading too much of John Heyman and his New York Post nonsense. Um, yeah, no kidding. There, there's, your, there's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer right there. Part of me is just I wanted to get mad. And um, he's he's really good at inducing some emotions. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, <laughs> we got, I'm excited about this rotation. We got to talk about the Heen Dog because, he, of course, he's a former Angel, was with yep. us for a long time. Then he went to the Dodgers. And, of course, they're, they're Dodgers pitching magic machine that they have out there we have the same hope for tyler anderson Mm -hmm. and so it feels like if we're going to hope for that for tyler anderson we have to believe that heaney will probably come out of that dodger system strong as well how how do you feel about him i'm really excited about him he's probably going to be the number five starter in this rotation i mean and that's where he should be because he was like two for us (laughs) yeah i mean like last year he would have been like two or three and sure like just having five deep of like these are solid grown adults in the rotation like that's awesome like jake odorizzi who was like mostly fine i remember being really annoyed by the astros because he was like their number five or six starter and every time he'd get on the hill they were like oh this guy sucks so much he's so terrible and he had like a three five era <laughs> right like five innings. So like, i would kill for that as much right. take him fun. yeah yeah and so like i'm excited for heaney tyler anderson i thought that was a really good signing for y'all we're and the fact that y'all that. also offered uh martin perez kind of around that contract i thought that was a really smart i'm really glad the rangers were able to keep him because i love martin and i really think that he is a different kind of pitcher because martin is is the kind of pitcher the rangers the only thing the Rangers have done really well in those down years is find guys who were kind of like that kind of former top prospects around like 28 to like 32 kind of tweak a few things with them and turn them into really good players. Mike Miner was one like that. He got mm-hmm. top 10 in Cy Young votes. Lance Lynn was a guy like that. Kyle Gibson was an all-star for the first time in his career. Like the Rangers did that really well with quite yeah. a few guys. And I didn't really think of Martin Perez like that, but he kind of fit that exact mold. It's just mm-hmm. cause like, 
I'd seen Martin Perez. Like the Rangers, he had been that with the Rangers for so many years. I was like, well, they couldn't fix him then. But they've changed some things, and I am honestly, man, I'm getting way too excited about my team. <laughs> <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so. Hey, we got more questions. Bryce is going to interrogate us about the Angels, and then we're going to talk about who is each team's biggest rival in the AL West. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. NBA teams are preparing for the NBA playoffs, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes made, especially if you're watching the Warriors play or betting on the Warriors. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels and Locked On Rangers your first listen today. And we're very happy to be doing a crossover between Locked On Angels and Locked On Rangers with our friend Bryce Patterick. And of course, if you're on the Rangers side and you're meeting us for the first time, I'm John. That's my brother, Mike. We're the Super Halo Bros and the hosts of Locked On Angels. Now, Bryce, you've got some questions for us. What do you want to know about the Angels? Anything and everything is on the table, my friend. Let's go. All right, I have prepared many questions, uh, many including including ones for for one Artie Moreno that y'all ah, had on the other you show. You listened to our episode uh, yesterday. I did. I did. It was a great show. Uh, much respect, y'all. Y'all have a, gr- a great show, and I like to learn. Got to learn you. about the enemy before you can understand them. That's right. That's right. right. Yes. Truly hate them. You know, I I want to hate y'all for who you are, not who I think you are. (laughs) We appreciate that. (laughs) So anyway, my first question is about free agency. I kind of expected the Angels to be kind of big players around those like star players at the top of the market. Mm. There's obviously, it felt like there was a little bit of a need at shortstop. And I thought that maybe one of those guys might be Angels. Was that something that that y'all were thinking that, that, the Anaheim of Los Angeles of whatever uh, (laughs) angels were going to do, or were you kind of like, yeah, I I knew that this wasn't going to be um, something that they pursued. Well, I mean, gosh, there's, there was four big shortstops out there. Right. And it was definitely a need for the angels, but I I can't say we were super confident. They were going to go out and get anybody. I think Dansby Swanson was the most likely out of those four. And really, I mean, there were so many needs and obviously shortstop, is one of them. But I think, you know, I think from the beginning of the off season, their plan was to supplement other areas of need and then kind of roll with, with guys who can play short, but aren't necessarily short stops. And also I think they're really excited about Zach Neto, our number one pick from 2022. He's going to be playing shortstop. He's going to be one of those prospects who sticks at shortstop. So I think that that's kind of the long-term game plan there. Mike, what do you think? Well, and what the Angels really needed, Bryce, was meat on the bone. We've got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and then John and I. I mean, like, that's literally the gap between <laughs> all, of the, all the players. So we we needed meat on the bone, and that's what they went to go and get with the money that they spent. Even bullpen money, mm-hmm. we needed meat on the bone. We have two guys in the bullpen that are making as much money as Rysel Iglesias was making with us last year, and they're going to be really key pieces to this team. And so I'm really grateful for the moves that Perry Manassian has made because we really found ourselves in a position that 
I mean, we joke about John and I playing, but it was literally that last year with guys like Jose Rojas. And then we're picking up guys off the waiver wire just to fill a spot. This year is going to be very different. Hopefully we avoid the injuries, but this year will be very, very different because we have major league ready and really good major league ready ballplayers on this team. And and that goes that goes to another point of like over the last few years, it's been, hey, we have Rendon. Oh, he's hurt. Now we go from tier A to tier D. And that's why the Angels have consistently failed, especially over the last two years, is there's nobody to back those guys up. And so then they bring in Brandon Drury on an affordable two-year deal. They bring in Gio Urshela to play third or second or first. They bring in Hunter Renfro to really solidify the outfield and not really rely on guys who they're excited about but haven't been proven. Like last year, we started out with Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh is with the Phillies now. Joe Adele will likely start in AAA and so I think Perry Manassian's biggest need was we need proven talent who's done this before, especially if there's injuries, so that we have the pieces to back those guys up. So we're no longer going from Tier A in Rendon to Tier D with with somebody from AAA or who just came off the waiver wire. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I, I think I was actually like, I really liked what the Angels did this offseason. I was like, oh, this isn't what they normally do. This right. is like yeah. smarter and different. Because oh, <laughs> Artie was was selling the team, and so he let his baseball people do baseball things. He didn't interfere this year. How about that? <laughs> it's yeah. wild how that works. You know, when you let the guys who actually know about the thing do the thing, yes. it's just like, I want this guy. Go get that one. Um, yeah. Which, you know, in, in retrospect, I really wanted Anthony Rendon. I was very upset when the Rangers didn't get him. But, you know, looking back, I'm like, you know what? But speaking of players who I would like to be on the Rangers, maybe this one might be. Um, what is more likely Shohei Otani gets traded before the deadline or mm-hmm. he resigns with the angels? I don't think that he gets traded at all. Uh, I think that if we're going to pick one out of the other, I'm going to say he resigns with the angels or they just let him go to free agency. Because I think even if they're somewhat close at the trade deadline, they got to go for it with Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani. And I think the Phillies from last year are a great example of why you got to go for it because that team was struggling. And then, then they ran into us and we were in the midst of our losing streak. And so you're welcome Philadelphia for allowing your team to get hot. (laughs) But truthfully, I think the angels have to go for it and, and they got to figure out how to re-sign Shohei. If they don't, and he goes to free agency, I know that the fans are just going to dump on the angels, but reality is I think you got to go for it with this guy because he's a once in a lifetime talent and we've got him and we got to try to win with him yeah I don't see the I don't see any reason to sacrifice you know two and a half three months more of Shohei Otani if you're if you're close right and and so they have to go all in I think this is the kind of team you can go all in with and feel comfortable about and even at the trade deadline you know they've often been sellers I think even if it's even if they're playing around 500 ball they got to figure out who they need to get them back to the winning ways uh, around the trade deadline, if that's the case. Yeah. And I, I think that is, is definitely, is definitely the case. I, I kind of see the other point of view of like, well, if we know for sure that we're going to lose him, which I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Um, I think he's the biggest, I think he's going to be the most important and fun and wild free agency. We've seen <laughs> Complicated like any of the major free sports. Agency. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I have no idea what he's going to get. I'm like, I wouldn't, say like half a billion dollars is out of the question like right now he might get more than that honestly yeah. like it's insane um but he has been an absolute joy to watch and it's been fun to watch him and mike trout on teams that um well 
haven't really been beating down the Rangers too much. I mean, they have, but like the Rangers haven't had expectations while they're doing it. So that you, makes it a little bit easier. You I can think. you can watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and not be mad about it at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. I mean, yeah. I wanted Shohei so badly when he was coming out of Japan and it felt like the Rangers were really, really close on getting him. And gosh, just I'm just imagining that that beautiful future where so many things don't go wrong for the Texas Rangers and you Darvish and Shohei Otani are in the top of that rotation. Oh my, um, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, that's not where we are, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of the free agents that the at the Angel, Angels were close on, um, one of the guys who they did get, actually, um, there was a lefty who they didn't get from the Rangers, it's Martin Perez. There is one who they did get in Matt Moore. What are your mm-hmm. early views on Matt Moore? I know I was I gave you all a little bit of the scoop of what mm-hmm. I thought about him. What have you all seen from him? What are you excited about him bringing? Was it a two-year deal or was it a one-year deal? Uh, two years, right? Okay. Or one, one year? It was just a it was just a one year deal. One yeah. year deal. Okay. Just a one okay. year deal. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And a major league, major league couple million dollar deal. I actually really like Matt Moore. I've liked him for a long time. And um I I think what we needed in our bullpen was some length. And we've got Aaron Loop and we've got Ryan Tapera and they they didn't perform terribly last year, but it feels like they did perform terribly last year because this team performed terribly. But now with a guy like Carlos Estevez and Jimmy Herget in the bullpen, former Ranger, uh, former the, Ranger. Great. These, right. And, and so these guys have really done well. I think what, what, uh, what he brings to our team is he brings a lot of length and, and somebody that I think we can use for, specific situations we've got a guy named jose quijada who has a really great fastball but his secondary pitch is not intimidating Mm -hmm. and and so i think we needed another lefty in that pin or just another arm in that pin that knows how to pitch late in the game and isn't going to be somebody that can be quickly figured out and so that's why i really like this move we were clamoring for another lefty because we knew the angels were looking for one and all offseason, I was thinking, oh, Andrew Chafin, Andrew Chafin, Andrew Chafin. Then we were talking about who the available bullpen pieces were. And then we did a comparison with Chafin and Matt Moore. And I convinced myself, I went, oh, I think I want Matt Moore now. And it's yeah. probably about a week later they signed him. <laughs> John has the ability to speak it into existence. Yes. I don't know what it is, man. But he, is, he spoke Tyler Anderson into existence and Matt Moore into existence. And so First I'm place Angels, second place Rangers. How about that? <laughs> Honestly, speak it into existence. It. As long as the Rangers make the playoffs, I don't yeah. care. All the time, like, oh, there's no way the Rangers are going to win the AL West. I don't care. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. Get me in there, even if it's by a tiebreaker scenario like yeah I don't yeah for sure um but I, there is one last question i think this is more of a debate kind of a question which of these two rotations do you think is better Ooh, that's wow. a good question that's a really good question i think uh, obviously we're biased towards the angels and so i do want to say this like we have a really good rotation i yeah. know the national mm-hmm. media doesn't know that uh buster yep. buster only doesn't know that um a lot of people don't know that but we have a really good rotation they were strong last year which was what was really frustrating because our offense just fell apart last mm-hmm. year. But if I'm going to look at it on paper right now, I'm going to lean in the Rangers direction just because I think they've really solidified the rotation. And you talked a bit about that, but having a Jacob deGrom at the top and then a few guys down with Perez and with gray, I mean, I would, I would love to have that rotation and I would feel really confident as a Rangers fan. If I was a Rangers fan about the the season, because I think that pitching, Pitching matters, obviously. And if the Rangers, they always seem to hit, they just need to get that pitching fixed. And I think that they did that this offseason. 
Yeah, I think about the Rangers rotation and its its experience, right? Like all of the guys you have in that rotation have, you know, a lot of innings behind them. And that's a really good thing. They might be older, but still have the experience, still have the know-how. I think that's one thing that the Angels have improved upon, like Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval and even Jose Suarez. I think those guys have taken massive steps forward as young pitchers. Uh, man, but the thing about the Rangers is that you guys have so many good arms waiting in the wings, too. Like, you're yeah. going to be a pitching factory. And to an extent, the Angels have a lot of arms waiting in the wings that we're excited about as well. But, man, I really think when we get Shohei Otani versus Jacob deGrom, that's going to be oh, the so matchup of the year, man. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I think my bias is overtaking me, but I, I really am excited about our Angel rotation. So I think I'm leaning Angels for this one. Honestly, I'm like I'm kind of split because like I last year looking at the Angels and what they did, especially like in like at the end of the season and kind of looking at like where all the teams different teams stacked up, and I'm like how how did the Angels finish with that record? Like right, the rotation <laughs> yeah, yes. was really good, yes. and like I kind of knew it at the time. Like I don't think people realize how good Patrick Sandoval is. Reed Detmers has some really awesome moments. Jose Suarez, obviously Shohei, then adding Tyler Anderson, just kind of getting that depth. It feels like. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just my own biases and all the, like, the talk about, you know, all these, the Rangers did sign a bunch of guys who do have a bunch of, you know, injury history and they are older. And I mean, there's different caveats with that, but like, I'm really neck and neck on both of these. Obviously, Jacob deGrom is amazing. Shohei Otani is amazing. It just kind of depends on like how numbers like two through four and the Rangers rotation Mm -hmm. stack up. Like if Martin Perez is pretty much the same pitcher that he was last year, then like I think that's going to be a huge different difference maker that I don't think people are realizing. I kind of lean towards the Rangers, but like I am really really neck and neck because this Angels rotation, it's really good and it kind of worries me about how good this AL West is going to be. <laughs> well, that's a good transition into you know kind of our last topic is who are we worried about the most? Who is our biggest rival? Who do we think we have a chance against? Uh, Bryce, what do you? How do you feel about the AL West? in general and where your Rangers stack up against them. I feel like the Rangers stack up pretty well. I mean, everywhere is picking them to finish fourth in division, like Mm -hmm. somewhere of like 75 to 78 wins, which like people don't realize that how much the Rangers team improved last year. That's one of the things that I feel like doesn't get, like it gets overlooked a lot. Mm -hmm. Rangers had an absolutely horrendous record in one run games. They're Pythagorean record. So they're expected well, wins and loss with runs scored versus runs allowed was 77 and 85. Their actual mm. record, 68 and 94. So, mm. like, they were a better team. They just had um, some really tough bullpen outings and starting pitching was rough. But, like, yeah. obviously, it's the Houston Astros. There's not been much of a rivalry there since the Astros came over. One of the Rangers or Astros have been absolutely trash outside of 2015 and 16, which was a lot of fun when the Rangers won back-to-back divisions, when everyone thought, oh, no, this is the Astros' time. They're going to do it. And right. uh, old, old Jeff Bannister and the the last two Rangers playoff teams winning those AL West um, pennants or whatever – and we don't have to talk about what happened in the playoffs after that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what you got there. <laughs> and it's been it's been kind of annoying to have to watch the Astros be really good and have no rebuttal of just like, yeah, no, you're really good. And we yeah. kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't even get the like your only championship was the trash can season. Now that now they've got like a real one. And it's like, okay, that's a real huge bummer. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. right. I, I just feel like I feel like the I'm just going to say it like I feel like the Mariners are kind of overrated. I, mm. I I know that they've put some good 
yes. players on the join field. Me, they, join me on this haters yes. side. Yes. <laughs> oh, we're I, joining. We're, we're joining. members. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. When you break it all down, I know that we have less games against the West, especially with the fact that we're playing fewer games. Yeah, fewer games, right? And <laughs> and uh, the fact that we play more of the you know NL teams, and we're playing every single team. But I also think that with the improvements that the Angels have made, the improvements that the Rangers have made, it's it's a very tough competition. And then you've got the A's who always seem to like have a team of no names yeah. that just put it all together. And, and yeah. they might not mm-hmm. be successful, but they'll certainly take a few wins away from you over the course of a season. And Fellas, can I tell you that th- that's the team that actually makes me the most nervous? Anyway. <laughs> Honestly, really? I feel that too. It's just like no matter what the A's have, like they're going to be so annoying, and they're yeah. not probably not going to lose a hundred games, and they're going to just bother the crap out of you, no matter who they've got on there. Yeah, and that's why we're going to have to play really well against the West because we, you know, we have less games against them, and so I think those games against the Oakland A's specifically are going to have to be two out of three. We can't lose any of those series because Mariners are going to be tough. It seems like you guys will be tough. Houston's always going to be tough. And so we're going to have to be really wise about where we're at with the Oakland A's and being sure that we can actually take the series because our struggle as the angels team, we've really struggled against the West and we've never really had winning records against teams. I mean, against the Mariners, it's been great. We were 10 and nine last year (laughs) without Mike Trout for like five of those games. Yeah, (laughs) We we found ourselves struggling against the Rangers and of course against the Astros. And so if we can actually finish 500, against our division that would improve our team immensely i just feel like the it feels like all the projections have been set in stone astros uh mariners angels rangers a's and i just don't agree with that i think the middle three is going to be a toss-up and i think it's going to be a lot of fun it'd be fun if that top one wasn't the top one right (laughs) that would make all the difference (laughs) Uh, there's one one last thing i wanted to mention I've, i've realized i haven't uh, brought up my Mr. X factor for the entire Rangers season. Who's a guy who had a really, really nice series. His best series of the year was actually against the angels. Uh, Mitch Garver, who mm, people forget yes. exists. Sometimes even I forget he exists because he only caught until like May 8th. He I had, had him a, on my uh, fantasy team, so I didn't uh-huh. forget about him. And then he was oh, out, well. he was out until the rest of the season. So it's like, I was bummed. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a huge, huge part in, in what the Rangers do their, their success level. Like, people forget like how great he can be when yeah. he's healthy. Like yeah. he had 30 home runs in 90 games in 2019. Like that could be a huge difference maker mm-hmm. and not having to ask him to catch a million games while having Jonah Heim there, having him be like the primary DH, like, man, I've gone into full Homer mode, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good point. Cause maybe for Rangers fans who want to know this, I feel like Mike, you might agree with me. Our X factor is probably either Taylor Ward or Hunter yes. Renfro. Oh, for uh, sure. And and the yeah. thing about having those guys is you got Taylor Ward leading off. You've got Mike Trout second, Otani third, Rendon fourth. Then they've got Hunter Renfro fifth, who has hit close to 30 home runs over the last five seasons. And then the other day they had a spring training lineup where it was like, oh, this could be the opening day lineup. Jared yeah. Walsh was batting seventh. And wow. And in the last two years, he was always fifth or sixth or, you know, towards the front half. And so I think what the Angels have done is extended their lineup and made it more of a uh, of a full lineup. And so I really think Hunter Renfro does that for this Angels team. And then, I don't know if you've seen any highlights, but but watch Logan Ohapi. He's our number one prospect catcher. We're very excited about him. He'll probably, uh, you know, pair up with Max Stassi this season. So he's somebody that Ranger fans will want to watch too. 
Oh, absolutely. This is going to be man, this is going to be a fun year for the AOS. It's going to be so. absolute chaos, and I am really looking forward <laughs> <Yes>. to it. <laughs> love I the love chaos. That. I love the chaos. Bring it all. Bring all the chaos. <laughs> hey, well, this has been really fun. Uh, Bryce, thanks for doing this crossover with us, and thanks for inviting us on Locked On Rangers to talk to you about our Halos, man. Absolutely. Anytime, y'all are an absolute pleasure. Wishing y'all all the best of luck in every game that is not against the Rangers. Yes, same to we you. Wish, and we wish you no luck. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. We're not invited anymore. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.